0: Hi everyone, it's chatting with Nat Yes, it's Nat and it's Natalie Jaa, and today we have the honor of having singer-songwriter Megan Graney. Megan Graney launched her musical career in 2021 with debut single, Borrowed Time. The Bay Area native is known for her stylized, stylistic approach using healing lyrics and colorful production to create masterful sounds ability of bringing sonically rich melodies to the listener shines through, bringing nostalgic memories and livid experiences that champion mental health stigmas and her search for authenticity. Her single Waves focuses on the journey of grief and how it changes as time goes by after losing someone. Let's give her a round of applause.
1: Hi, Natalie. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today?
0: Well, um, uh, living through a pandemic. I all right. I'm still alive and <laughs> <laughs> been-
1: exactly. I know. Just doing our best every day. That's what else oh, can we do?
0: How have you been during this pandemic?
1: Um you know, it's been, been good, but it's been very challenging. I feel like with everyone else too, Um, I think the biggest thing for me during this whole time period, since the shift happened was just trying to find balance and maintain, um, I think healthy habits that are in my control and really, really focusing on myself. I think being able to have this time and not feeling so pressured to be working as like a creative and a contractor as, as a singer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was kind of able to have a way more time to myself right. and really reflect on, okay, what do I want to do with my craft and like really prioritizing resting and self-care and nurturing myself i think i i'm naturally just a big giver to um, my friends and other people and relationships that i didn't you know you don't really realize how drained you are until you stop (laughs) moving and then so i was like okay this is a good reset and um really good opportunity I was looking at it like an opportunity instead of something negative and you know what's within my control uh, mentally physically emotionally spiritually to do the best things within my power and to use the gifts that I have um, to really express myself and feel joy and really prioritize joy and feel good and just kind of maintain that frequency even though there that's not to discredit and say there weren't very very difficult days i actually lost a parent um during this pandemic so Mm -hmm. um that's that's even more of a reason why um i took very conscious time towards myself Mm -hmm. and and making me a priority um because i had noticed i was You know, you just kind of get distracted. I think humans are so naturally resilient that, like, once you start conditioning yourself to doing so many different things at once, Mm -hmm. um, you don't realize you're kind of running on empty or running out of fuel. So that was a big, you know, in my face lesson and so I just kind of surrendered to that which was not the still a process this is a process every day but I think that was my biggest takeaway with the pandemic and how that impacted me my family my partner right. my livelihood my creativity all of it you know
0: no uh, I get it believe me you know I sat down the first at first year and I was just like I was you know, brain dead. I mean, I did get COVID. I, got, <laughs> I mean, you just brain dead. You're just like, okay, what is going on here? Um, You actually, oh. I actually sat down and was just like, is this real? Because this is something that you hear that can only happen in the 1920s, 30s, before Christ, after Christ, and all that stuff. And you're just like, are we really wearing masks? Is this where we are now? It's, uh, everybody um walking around with masks or staying in indoor for about a year and not even being able to see or touch loved ones um it was very surreal um during this time yes. did you do any um live streaming at all i know you just you not- know
1: during during the whole thing i haven't done a lot of live streaming the only uh stuff that i was i guess like in zoom form <laughs> was things for Therapy. I was in a lot of therapy, um, to kind of learn a lot of tools to mm-hmm. help myself, um, after my father passed away. So I kind of took a major hiatus from performing in itself and just dove into, um, healing and really processing a lot of intense emotions that were surfacing, right. um which I thought was great because I was like, Oh my God, I couldn't imagine having to do that in normal settings as in like the world is still functioning pre pandemic. You know what I mean? Like people who've lost loved ones in a normal, I guess, quote unquote normal environment. I couldn't, I could not have imagined trying to balance that um, without having, that time and that was actually the time I, I started writing a lot of songs so mm-hmm. instead of performing I sh- I shifted into more like inward digesting and a lot of that burst a ton of um, my own original songs so that's that's kind of how the whole coming EP came about instead of um, actually using my voice for like performing, I was like, okay, how can I use my voice to tell um, stories that I know a lot of people can relate to just because I think what's happening on a micro and macro level is so universal too, that to me, it felt like, oh, okay, I'm not gonna um, not talk about this when I know this isn't just impacting me and my family. This is impacting thousands, millions of people. Um, And to me, that was like, okay, there's a greater purpose in taking this time to really do it in the way that I want, like not necessarily the right way, because the right way is all about perspective, but um, giving the quality that I wanted to music for Mm -hmm. people to really feel something good from it, whether it was empathetic or, um, resiliency or uh, even sadness that we've all kind of experienced from different, you know, journeys that we're all on. So I I thought like that was a really good choice to kind of take a step back and reevaluate what I needed to do because before I was performing all the time and then I was like, oh, okay, but I was performing for other people kind of in a more supportive role and performing other people's music um singing on other people's music I wasn't necessarily singing my own stuff it wasn't until like the last really two years I started to take my own craft very seriously and then shifted away and then dedicated more time to um honoring that space as No, this is actually what you need to be doing, (laughs) prioritizing that. I get
0: that. um, You just answered my uh, next question, basically. Uh, Ooh,
1: two for one. one,
0: Because one of the things that I always ask everybody, because we have a year um, and a half or two years going on, two years of pandemic, you know, this was a time of a lot of self-reflection. About who and what we want to be, and a lot of my friends decided they were going to come back, cut back on work because they realized they weren't spending enough time with their family. Um, right. Some people, you know, decided to rebrand their whole music, took all their music down, and decided no, they want to do something else with their music. They want to do another genre or several genres. <laughs> some people, yeah, quit their jobs and just said, "Screw this! Yeah. I want to do something that's going to make me happy." Um right. The world I mean climate change. My God, the animals and the mother nature were like, Oh, these people are out of this world, I can breathe for at least a year. Um, <laughs> <what> <laughs> with these people anymore? Fan fantastic. Mm. Um right. and I know mm. a lot of artists decided that um you know, they want to be a more effective player with their music. Um, they want their music to make a difference. Um did you think right. about well that you want to make music that really makes a difference where a person gets this oh my god this this artist really gets me
1: yeah yeah I did um actually that was really the only reason why I wanted to make my own music (laughs) Uh before I've had such a like I guess it's called imposter syndrome where you you know don't necessarily want to be the the focus of the attention mm-hmm. you know I was I was I've always been a person um, that has been wanting to like uplift other people and to me I was like okay I can do that in my craft and the only way I could even really accept any kind of attention on me as an artist was if I knew that what I was writing was almost an act of service for people Otherwise, I was like, this feels this feels very um, not aligned for me if I wasn't making music like that. Uh, not to say there's anything wrong with other people who, you know, are are doing it for other reasons. I think just for my personality type, mm-hmm. I didn't feel, I would have felt more guilty or I, I guess felt um, it was more ego-based if I was just like, Hello world, look at me. Here right? up <laughs> as opposed to like I've you know, I'm you know, I'm like thirty one, so I'm not super young, but I'm still like a young adult where I have experienced um some very permanent life changing shifts through my life and that's not glamorizing it in in any way. I think for me it was knowing that the personal experiences i've lived through the things that i could say that would really um resonate with people on a very holistic level um of helping people one not feel alone two feel heard and three feel connected more i think the biggest thing for me i was realizing even with my own friends and myself included was that this time has been extremely divisive and um yeah within that an an easy opportunity for people to feel so disconnected. So for me it was like can I actually do that within my own voice and that feels you know authentically me just like you said just you know we're being ourselves here um and And have that make other people feel good, even if it's through a sad song or even if it's through, um, not all my songs are sad, (laughs) but even if it's through the the whole array of um, music that I do write, um, there is a lot of conscious intention um, for the frequencies in music, just because I'm I know how powerful music is on a healing level. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're going through as a collective is a major catharsis, a major healing, a major shift, a major awakening to who we really are, what we're really meant to to do here, you know, each soul's purpose, your path. Um, and for me, I was like, well, I can, I can provide this as kind of like a music, healing service. I don't really look at it as like, yes, I'm an artist and a songwriter. I really do view it as a form of um, healing that people can experience, whether they're in their car or cooking in the kitchen or laughing with friends. Like I do visualize all those scenarios when I'm writing stuff to, um, I guess, kind of manifest in a way how this is going to get received by many different people. So you are you are spot on. I I am writing it for um for people. This is this is a a purpose greater outside myself. I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for that.
0: To all of that, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I with you. I you know, I sat down. I think it was the year before the pandemic, and was just like, oh yeah, I definitely want to be an effective player. It's, I mean. I love mainstream music. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes it all sounds the same. I actually listen to For more. Sure. Because, yeah. I listen to the lyrics more than I listen to the melodies. Now I really like to see what the people are, are saying, how they're saying it, how they're emoting. Are they really just singing the song mm-hmm. just, just to become popular or they're really invested in what they're doing? That's, what's really important to me. Um, you know, I'm a voting member with the reporting academy. Now it's like uh, voting this season and all that stuff when we're getting the ballots out. And off oh, them. awesome. Yeah.
1: Right, right, so right.
0: When I listen to music, I have to see the artist in that in that, in that that particular song. I have to see it. If I don't see it, if I can't see it, it's it's hard for me to, to connect. I like to be able yeah. to feel that the artist was very vested in what they were doing. And there's no shame in people wanting to create music because they want to be famous and stuff like that. That's somebody else's agenda. We all have our different agendas of what we want to do with our music. But I want to be able to say, oh, Natalie did this, or at least she tried to do this. And, oh, my gosh, you know, she didn't care. She spoke her truth and allowed me to speak my truth. I want my music to make a difference. So I understand where you are coming from as well. Um, What was it about the Mm. music industry uh that made you go, whoa, this is me. I have to do this. Was it something that you saw, you heard?
1: Yeah, it was actually, it was several things. I've been, I guess, gravitating towards it since I was like little tiny me, like inner child Megan would be thrilled <laughs> with me actually finally being brave to do this. Right. Um, and before it started out with group work, I was like always singing in choirs. I just loved, I loved that, that kind of communal, um, sharing with like being one voice in a, in a mass. Um, and that's kind of how I started. And then it, I like accidentally fell into the film scoring world when I moved to Los Angeles. That wasn't my intention at all. Um, I just, I had a music business background from Berkeley College of Music over in Boston, and I started to do more management work for studios here for film composers, and I think it was kind of the moment when I also saw choirs, you know, getting professionally recorded for major films, like I, I had worked on Despicable Me 3 and some other oh. big animations, and I was like, oh, this is actually, I think my brain finally connected. Like you can, you can do um, multiple layers of messaging within music. Cause what I started to notice in the film world was really good screenwriters and directors, the brilliant ones are saying so many things at once in one frame if you're really paying attention and that can be through dialogue or what's there visually or all of these kind of symbolism um and i was like okay wait i can actually adopt a lot of this which other artists have done you know i think for me that was a bit more fun to kind of see where where a listener is if they listen to one song you know now of mine they could listen to the same song in five years and hear it totally differently right um just because it is so layered so i guess when within the music industry to really answer your question i was like i can adopt all of these skill sets that i've learned along the way through doing group work as a vocalist and being a you know i was a professional uh, contractor here as a singer and then also had management work for film scoring studios. So then when I started to write my own music, I was like, we can really do storytelling as an art. And that's why the lyrics, like I completely agree with you. Lyrics are incredibly important to me because that's the whole body messaging of the song. And that's how I write first. I will write the song and poem first. And then mm. make sure that the the layers and messaging that I want in there are there to begin with. So then when we add music in, it's all complementary and kind of weaving through each other. Um, and then eventually when we start making music videos to kind of match those Easter eggs that are also within the lyrical symbolism too. So it's this kind of ever, I don't know. I don't want it to ever be boring for people. <laughs> it's like... You got people's attention spans are about seconds long. <laughs>
0: so right.
1: I wanted to at least make, uh, make music in a form where you could digest many things from each song of mine, knowing that there's clear intention of multiple layers in there um, and have like a captivating experience because, you know, it's what two and a half or three minutes of someone else's time that's going to get absorbed into it i want it to be a very like well-rounded um vision not just like wrote a song i don't know i, I guess i'm very analytical about it i'm not as casual about songwriting because i think it has a, a major impact on people's psyches that's
0: good that's good because you know now, like i said you know I would say 50-50, 50% want to make a difference, 50%, you know, there's us all about the music and stuff like that. But I think it's great that you take the time to really think about what you want to put out, how you want to put out, and, right. how, it affects, and how it affects the world. So that's very important. Right. Because, you know, I truly believe that music um, has a great healing power to it. It's a tremendous it one place where we all can get along you know everybody doesn't matter who you are you're listening to safe time for music you're just oh you're enjoying that moment there's no hatred there's no racism yeah. nothing there's just you and the people around you enjoying that the, the music and i think if we have the gift to be able to bring about you know a change through music i said go for it and it's okay to be analytical why not if you're Producing the best of the best of who you are, through your analysis of everything, go for it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You, you, <laughs> have to, you have to do your thing. Yeah. I love
1: totally. that. I totally agree with you. It is like the one thing we still have that's like fine, uh, universally unifying. I feel like food, music, like those kind of things are all um uh, in a sense, like still based in community and how it's received. Um, and that's very important to me. Um, I just feel like way too many people, like all of us, are really going through significant pain right now on many levels. Yeah. Um, so for for me, it was like, well, we can make musical art that's going to help alleviate that. But I've had, I've had like breakthroughs with certain songs where it was like, and not even from my own, I mean, yes, through my own songwriting process, but other artists that I kind of would have major moments where I was like, whoa, Um, it would kind of help me get unglued. If I was feeling in a, you know, a place of being stuck or kind of like blocked or like um, I guess cemented within my own limitations a lot of that like really good songwriters to me help kind of free that burden for someone else indirectly. And then that person can kind of navigate um, things that get loosened up within themselves easier. You know, it's like a tool can act as a a really um, major resource. Um, That's kind of how I've been viewing music these days anyway, just because I feel like there's so much artificial, superficial surface level stuff that I'm like, I'm really noticing people are needing and yearning and gravitating towards people who are true and honest and authentic because it's unfortunately becoming a bit more rare now. I don't know how that happens, but it is. And, um, I think I was like, well, if I don't really care if it's, you know, I think when I stopped caring mm. about the what ifs of like, oh God, will it be commercial or oh, like all of those <laughs> paranoias of, um, just realistic fear, especially when you're putting out stuff that's highly vulnerable and very like exposing your underbelly so to speak um, I don't know that just felt like the right thing to do um, for me and at least make a connection with an audience that uh, maybe not everyone on the planet could resonate with but I know the people that it really does touch are going to be people that are probably going to stick with me long term and to me that's what I cared about I cared about more quality over quantity which I know is like the reverse with the music industry usually it's about getting mass quantity right? semi quality
0: (laughs) you you understand it
1: you understand (laughs) it's crazy I know Uh, it is Kind of jarring. It's very jarring. It's very jarring. So we're going
0: to... <laughs> It's very jarring you know the you know you know the truth of how the music industry works. Um, most people are putting out you know what's heard on the radio is all mainstream. It's pay to play, and the stuff that's really important doesn't right. get much. And that's just that's just very sad. Um, so we're going to play right. your song. Your song waves. Tell tell me what that's about.
1: Sure, um, I wrote this song, so my dad had passed away last July, which is crazy because the time is literally evaporating. Um but he had had a terminal just long term illness, like congestive heart failure, if anyone knows that whole realm and the complications around the human heart. Um, he had been living with that 12 years of my life. So really, since I exited high school, this has been an ongoing journey for my mom and I as caretakers and um, the dynamics that come with that too. Okay. And so once he actually passed, uh, which we knew was coming, it was just a more a matter of of time. Um, And then I think for me, And I, I had mentioned before I was in like group therapy for grief. And then I was also in individualized therapy too, because I really wanted to, to focus on just more emotion based things than to be productive, so to speak. So what I was learning about myself and what I was also learning from hearing other people's stories was that I guess such a permanent loss, especially with a parent. Um, but this can be related to you know siblings, a friend, a grandparent, even like honestly animals. I wouldn't say they're in the same realm as a human, but for many people they they can be um, and the waves visualization kind of came to me where some days I would just like we said during this whole time being inside and and kind of adjusting to this new life, I would have days where I was like. I feel great. And then all of a sudden this wave of emotion would kind of smack me. And it was just a very humbling experience where in my mind I was like, I'm going to go about my day. And then 11 o'clock would hit in the morning. And then I was like, "Nope, I need to sit down (laughs) and I need to, reassess what my plan is today because there is no plan. I um, need to figure this, not even figure it out, just honor it and kind of let it pass. So I wrote this song in the sense with um, also my co-writer, Mitchell Hauser, who's like an incredible instrumentalist. When I was explaining the concept to him, I wanted it to be like this oceanic visual where water in itself is naturally healing, you know, if you have a bad day, you could take a bath or a shower and you're like, Oh, thank God today's done. And waves felt like, you know, the symbolism within emotional waves that we're experiencing throughout the day. Um, And then also the healing and the catharsis that comes from when you really do honor those emotions. And then, We kind of wrote the, he wrote the piano in such a way where it's a rolling form. You'll hear it, but it gives you that kind of like buoying sense when there were times or in days where I felt so overwhelmed and just like my head was barely in the surface that I kept, again, getting that visual of people like, I guess, bobbing in water and like just trying their best to like stay afloat and just write out this kind of, Storm that we're all experiencing on so many different levels. So even incorporating background vocals that I sang where it kind of gives you that sense of the tide coming in and the tide coming out, just like kind of pull and tug, just this natural um, analogy of life where it's just you're riding, you're just riding the wave and what that could mean on a day-to-day basis or your journey throughout life as a whole. So I really wrote it with the intention that someone could hear it now and experience it totally differently than when five or 10 years from now they could hear the song and it can kind of have this timeless effect to you as the listener based off of what you're going through and your journey and how life has been, um, I don't know, been your experience, been your own experience. So I wrote it as an homage to grief, but it could be grief on any level. It doesn't have to necessarily be from losing somebody. It can be, you know, people are grieving, letting go of a lot of relationships that don't serve them anymore, friendships that don't serve them anymore. It's it's grief on every level. It could be grief of what you thought of, you know, a larger picture at hand where we're kind of seeing a lot of things that we thought were serving us maybe aren't serving us so well as a collective for the greater good. And um, I wanted to keep it broad enough so people could feel that emotion however they wanted to, but also the intention was very specific. So if people did lose somebody um, within the last year or two, there is a safe space for people to be heard. And and really feel honored with with how we're processing a loved one gone. That's a permanent journey. Um, so I felt like that was a big offering that I could give um, after I wrote waves. But I won't. I won't. I could dab on for this for hours. <laughs> I'll let you play the song. <laughs> Sorry, Natalie. Well <laughs> that's oh, okay. I got
0: the full expression. Let's play the song.
1: Yeah I've been here before Looks like a troubled time To be so far from shore my friend I love
0: that what what genre do you oh think my god that? if you
1: consider yourself- I, you know that's I think we're going with like new <laughs> new age conscious music because we're <laughs> I'm blending so many different yeah. Um. things that it's kind of hard to like put put it in a a pocket but that that seems to feel right where when I was looking up what new age was um, where it's that kind of like cathartic experiential impact you get from music because um, we're doing stuff with jazz and soul and right. also like classical elements so it's kind of a whole fusion of really it was like what would I like to listen to and what sounds pretty to me and what makes me feel good. And that's just kind of how I write music. Whereas I, I like to hear the sounds that I've, I've loved to hear since I was tiny. Um, And those, those influences come out all over in different songs that I write, you know, borrowed time is way more like upbeat and soulful and has horns and like, old school soul and this one is a very more like ethereal um I don't know like classical and jazz combined so that's that's my long-winded answer (laughs) I love
0: it um so we're going to play (laughs) borrowed time tell me what that's
1: about um borrowed time also sends it sends from more of a place of gratitude
0: um
1: A lot of the stuff that I was kind of processing the last two years, really for a while, um, was, I guess, just honoring. I think, too, when my mom and I were coming to terms with how we were grappling mortality, especially right before my dad passed away, Mm. I really started to look at the human body different. And I was like, whoa, this is like the one vessel we get to carry us from day one to the last day. And to me, when I wrote borrowed time, you know, the, the hook is we're only here on borrowed time, never prepared to lose what's mine. So I guess just kind of being on this floating rock and being <laughs> kind of a, uh, uh, a spiritual being having a human experience and never knowing when our time is really going to be up. You know, no one really knows that. So I think for me, I wrote the song in more of a space of like being so grateful for having the time that I do have here with the people that I love that um, it was really honoring the present and, you know, what was, within my control and with that comes from how can i feel good when i'm here and how can i uplift and encourage and inspire other people and kind of be that like um, a continuous ripple for for others and that's kind of how borrowed time came about and it's a it's literally a 180 from waves I mean this is something you could play at like a barbecue outside Mm -hmm. and everyone's eating and having fun so uh you'll you'll get the vibe it's a totally different vibe which is what I wanted I wanted to be able to honor all these different kind of uh arrays of human emotion that are important
0: all righty, let's play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was very, very I love that. Yes. I love it all. I love it all. <laughs> now what what is the one thing or quote or message that you like to live by every day or every year or every month or every second?
1: Ooh. Um right now it's been do what feels good. Just yeah, right. focusing on doing, just do. It feels good. If it doesn't feel good, if it's not giving me joy, if it's basic, if it's not an, like a hell yeah, then it's I like that. Then it's a no. To, to go a if it's
0: not a hell, any, if it's not a, a hell yeah,
1: it needs to go. Amen. <laughs> yeah. If it's not a no. hell yes, a hell no. <laughs> that's right. I like that.
0: It's very groovy. Nice. Is it? No, I think I that's
1: think... very funny. That's awesome. <laughs> I so wish I could have been a fly on the wall, like if you were dancing in your chair or yes. if any of that was happening.
0: <laughs> um, you're so right. I mean, people, you got to live. You got to live. You got to live. That's all. Yep. That's all. Just got to live and, and try to be as happy as you can. And if you, if you can work uh doing the thing that you love, do it. I mean, there's, there's only possibilities out there. And I think, like you said, the pandemic has taught us to do the yay moments instead of the no moments because what right. we've learned here is that life is short and we already knew that, but my God, it's even shorter than we even knew. And so people need right. to get out there, and do your thing Know that everything that you do is subjective, but the one important thing is that you need to love what you do. You need to love yourself,
1: mm-hmm. because that is
0: energy that you're putting forth out there into the world. Absolutely.
1: Amen. Absolutely. And that's what yes, get. I couldn't agree with that more. Amen.
0: Well, Megan, I can't believe 45 minutes has gone by so fast. Thank you so much Hello. for being, chatting with Nat. It was truly an honor. I'm going to follow you i'm not going to talk you i will follow you i follow your music yes. uh, you are a, a truly an authentic artist and you really think about everything and i love that about you um you you really put every your whole soul into everything that you're doing and that's fantastic and i think people will be inspired by you
1: well don't make me cry here <laughs> i'm like tearing
0: yeah. up <laughs> yes, I thank you fantastic. so much we need more artists like you because a lot of people they oh, just oh man, well, I, I, and, and a lot of people that I've spoken on my podcast they're really serious about their craft. They really want to be effective players, but there are a lot of people out there that just don't. They just care about the fame and and all that stuff. They don't care about giving back and the power that we have as artists to the world. And I love the fact that you're mm-hmm. just or you're thinking about the whole healing process and different ways and you know just bringing life to people that you know feel empty inside so kudos to you
1: thank you natalie oh my god what a, that's like the compliment of the century today <laughs> <laughs> i'm like I'm being, very I'm being, honored yes well, i thank know you. i know i feel it <clears throat> Thank you so much.
0: You know, everybody can find you. You have a Patreon account, Megan Granny Music. You have an Instagram. Yes. You have YouTube. You have SoundCloud. You have it all.
1: They should just Google do. You.
0: They can't find you. <laughs> she is awesome.
1: Megan You're the best,
0: Natalie. Thank you so much. Uh, so everybody, that was singer-songwriter Making Granny on Chatting with Nat. Like I said, you need to find her. You need to listen to her. You need to just be in awe of her talent. You'll get so much out of her music. Just do it. Find it. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard.
1: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Tax day is coming. Oh no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you can.